Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. My two daughters decided they'd go with me. And I looked at Carrie and I said, do you want to go with us? I think you should go with us. And he's like, oh, no, I can't. I couldn't do that. I couldn't see him like that. I said, okay, so you can't financially take care of the dog and you can't emotionally support your daughters in dealing with this because they love that dog. They, they had that dog from when they were little until, you know, teenagers. And he says, nope, nope, I can't do it. This is the plaintiff, Melanie Heath. She says the defendant's her ex-husband and he owes her big time. The defendant didn't have the money to care for their family dog. He promised to pay her back if she got him treated by a vet. She can't get him to pay up, however, so she's suing for the $1,039 he owes her. This is the defendant, Carrie Dulles. He says he has a cordial relationship with his ex-wife, and she offered to take their family dog, Roscoe, to the vet to have him treated. She didn't say anything about a loan, and he feels he owes her nothing. He's accused of running out on Roscoe. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is not presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. All right, Ms. Heath, you are suing your ex-husband, Mr. Dooley's, for vet bills that you say he's supposed to pay you back for and hasn't. All right, how long were you married to the defendant? Uh, 23 years. And uh, how many children do you have together? Four. All right. How long have you been divorced? Uh, 12 years, since 2009. All right, but you have a rather amicable relationship with him? For the most part. Okay. So tell me about the dog. Um... Well, uh, poor Roscoe, I mean, Carrie seemed to neglect him a lot of the time. Your ex. Um, yeah. And oh. he went uh, probably four or five years with without any issues. He, he was the best dog. I mean, when I would show up, he'd come up to the chain link fence and he'd be all excited and I'd go in. And so I got to spend time with him, but he never. I never actually lived with the dog myself. But my girls loved him. Roscoe was just such a good dog. And did your girls uh, live with your ex? Yes. Well, we had shared custody. Okay. At the time, and the girls were how old at that time? Seven, nine, and uh, eleven. Okay. And then what happens? Well, it, everything went great for four or five years, maybe, maybe six. And Roscoe ended up having some issues where he, he wasn't uh, eating, didn't want to drink water, was having a hard time walking. It looked like he was in pain or, So you know, by this time, Roscoe wrong. was how old? Seven. 
Okay. All right. So the dog is starting to behave strangely. So what happens? Well, and we had been talking, me and the girls had been talking about it, that Roscoe needed to go in. And, and I was over at their house uh, one particular evening. And I said, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and take Roscoe tomorrow. I said, you said that to, to with whom? Me, Carrie and the girls, we all just kind of discussed that would be the best time to just go ahead and do it. Okay. And I asked Carrie if he would go with me and he said, oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Well, I get there the next morning and Carrie says he's got a paint job or something to go on so he can't go. Well, which I figured because he's always found ways of getting out of things. So I wasn't real surprised. But then his girlfriend volunteered to go with me instead. So I was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. So you get along so, well with his girlfriend? Yeah. yeah. Okay. She, but she was a sweetheart. <laughs> can I ask you, um, at this point, has anybody discussed paying for the vet bills? Well, um, we decided, okay, because we knew it was bad that he needed to be, you know, needed to get in as soon as possible. So you bring the dog in and what do you find out? Um, they said, well, we need to run some tests, this, that, and the other. Uh, they said, well, it's going to take us a little while to get these done. You can go ahead and go home for now. We'll call you when the tests are back and we know more of, of what we're dealing with. Right. And the phone call came in and my middle daughter is the one that actually took the phone call. Um, and she just started bawling and she hung up and then she explained to us that he had, Lots of malignant tumors, lots of benign tumors. Um, the biggest one was on, on his bladder itself. That's why he wasn't able to go to the bathroom anymore. Uh, if they did everything they would need to do to fix him, essentially, it would run a minimum of $10,000, and they weren't sure that he could actually withstand the procedure, that he was that bad off that they didn't know if he'd even make it through. Uh, getting all that done if we decided to go that route. So then they suggested euthanizing him. And tell me about the discussion and, at the house. Well, we're all sitting there and we were like, yeah, okay, that's, that's better because we don't want him to suffer. My two daughters decided they'd go with me. And I looked well, at Carrie and I said, do you want to go with us? I think you should go with us. And he's like, oh no, I can't. I couldn't do that. I couldn't see him like that. I said, okay, so you can't financially take care of the dog and you can't emotionally support your daughters in dealing with this. Cause they love that dog. They, they had that dog from when they were little until, you know, teenagers. And he says, Nope, Nope, I can't do it. So we get me and the, my two daughters decide to go back down there. We go down there and that's when we're presented the bill. And I said, well, I can come up with this much. And we called my daughter, Amy, and she, Ponied up a, a portion and Marissa ponied, ponied up a portion. So the three of us Who's Marissa? came up with the, the, the middle daughter. Okay. So we came up with the amount and we paid it. Before we left, I told Carrie, I said, well, we're just going to have to do this. We'll go with, the, you know, whatever the cheapest or, or the minimum is. He said, well, you know, I can't pay you right now. I said, well, I know. I, and then his girlfriend volunteered all out of her next check. And he says, well, yeah, when our last gig comes through, we, we can, you know, pay you back out of that. And I said, yeah, yeah, okay, that's that's fine. Did he ever pay you? And No, not a dime. All right, so before you leave and go pay the vet bill, he tells you I'll pay you eventually. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah. All right, yeah. Mr. Dulis, can you tell me uh, your reason why your dog is taken to the vet by other people and then, according to her, you promise to pay and then you don't? 
Well, if we can go back to the beginning, I, her, her memory is not not exactly true. All right, I was hoping to introduce you to Roscoe. That's Roscoe. Roscoe, and that's, who's the baby? Yeah, that's my grandson. Okay. And we get that's Roscoe, and her memory is completely. We'd only been married nine. We'd been married nineteen years, not twenty three. Nineteen was plenty enough for me. We were divorced in two thousand nine. I got custody of all the kids. You got that right. Um, why did you get, out of curiosity, why did you get custody? Did you get sole custody or shared custody? Yes, we got sole custody with uh, visitations at my discretion. They found her unfit at one time. She had some issues back then. We both had issues. But I was the better parent at the time. I had them until they were all 18 and moved out of the house. Um, um, at the time we're talking about, I had just been laid off of work. And I didn't have any work. Um, and... What we thought was with Roscoe is all of a sudden he would get completely dilated black eyes and he would look completely like like a zombie. Uh, he wouldn't respond to calling him. He would just sit there and drool and stare. So why didn't you uh, take him to a vet? He looked like he got poisoned. Well, it would go away uh, right away in the last couple minutes. And I thought, well, what's he eating? I went out in the yard to see if there's some kind of plant or somebody threw something in the yard. Um, we had... Uh, issues with one of the neighbors that was adjacent to the house because when they were in their backyard, he would bark. Um, he was supposed to be a 20 to 25 pound uh, part terrier, part chihuahua. That's what they told us at the Animal uh, Humane Society. Uh, turns out he was part cattle dog, part pit bull. Turned out to be 97 pounds. If he had any chihuahua in him, it's only because he ate one. <laughs> That's the only way he was part terrier, part chihuahua. But he was a very nice dog. But your you know, dog, okay, so let's talk about this um, event when everyone's worried about the dog and they want the dog to go to the vet. Yes. You were in agreement with that, correct? Um, so they said we're going to take him to the vet. I said, I don't have any money to, I'm not working. She said, well, I'm taking, he has to go. So her and the kids, and the two daughters, and my girlfriend went with. So she concurred with my ex-girlfriend that the best thing at the time to do would be to put him down. I never got a phone call. I never got notice anything about this until they came home. My daughters were crying. We had to put them down and, and, and the whole the whole bit. And there was never anything said about money from that time at all until four weeks ago when I got subpoenaed. So it was never brought up I owed her any money until four weeks ago. Didn't you? According to your daughters, your daughter's not very happy with you. You know that, right? Mr. Dooley's, your daughter has given us an Which affidavit. Marissa. Okay. Marissa's affidavit says, on the evening of February 5th, mom, dad, Jill, and I were discussing Roscoe and the fact that there was definitely something wrong with him and he needed to go to the vet. Dad said he didn't have the money to take him. Mom said she'd cover it for now, but he would need to pay her later. Approximately 5 p.m., the vet called at dad's and I was there to take the call where they explained Roscoe had four tumors, two of which were malignant and that they were on his organs and bladder, et cetera. They estimated they could try to surgically remove them and start treatment, but it would be 10 grand. And there was no guarantee it would even save him, and he probably wouldn't survive the procedure. It was discussed with me, dad, mom, Jill, and Laura, and we all agreed he should be put to sleep. Both Laura and dad say they would pay us back when they got money from some venue concert gigs. Me, mom, and Jill said our goodbyes. It was so gut-wrenchingly sad. So I don't believe that was written by my daughter. I don't know who it was written by. Are you? It's notarized. Are you claiming that wouldn't be signed? That wasn't signed by your daughter. I don't know. I I, I wasn't aware of it. Are you talking to? No are you and your daughter on talking terms, Marissa? Me and my daughter on great terms. I talked to her. Get Marissa on the phone. 
I want Marissa on the phone, Miss Heath. Okay. Let me see if we can get her. I can probably get her faster. Go ahead. Get her. Hello. Hello. You're on the judge show about your testimony. You, you gave her for a, a written statement that you wrote for mom. Did you write that? Yeah. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Marissa, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, this, this, uh, your mother has presented some testimony by way of affidavit, and your father didn't think it was legit because he sure. didn't know anything about it. But it sounds from the discussion you and your father just had that it's absolutely legit. Is it? Yes. And then I spoke with a notary. Okay. Can I just ask you, uh, Marissa, did you witness your father agreeing that he would pay your mother back for the dog bills? Yes, him and his girlfriend, Laura. And could, do you remember what point in time that was? Well, did she say that? What, she wants to know when you when you witnessed me saying that. When we were at your house. At my house. You said you, you said you couldn't go with us to put him down, but you and Laura said you guys were going to pay us all the money back because me, Amy, and Mom paid for all of it. Oh, I don't remember. Okay, whatever. Okay, I think that's what the judge wants to know. But Excellent, this, Marissa. This Thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye. Of course. Bye, I love you. Yeah, bye. I love you, too. <laughs> bye. bye, I love you, Dad. I think Mom got to her. Okay. Come out. Uh, her boyfriend's the one that's... I don't know. Your daughter sounds like, you know, like, she. bye, Dad, love you. It's not like, it's like this, you know, it's not like bad blood or anything that would motivate her to lie. No. I'm finding in favor of the plaintiff $1,039. Good luck. So the judge finds for the plaintiff in this case, Mr. Doulis, you're on the hook for the $1,039, according to the judge. What do you think? I still don't believe my daughter wrote that. Her and mom are in uh, cahoots. She just said she did. She just said she did. Uh, They're in cahoots here. Lana's a little bit materialistic. It's about the money. Well, I got got to tell you, you got to pay your ex-wife. You're on the hook. Okay, Ms. Heath, let me ask you, how do you feel about this now? Well, he owes it because that was his dog and his responsibility. So well, he thinks you and you and uh, your daughter were in cahoots <laughs> to, to put that no. together. You asked her to do it, I gather. Is that right? Yeah, because I mean, she was there. She was uh, the only other witness around that could witness that he said that. So will this have any impact on your relationship with your ex-husband or, or not? What do you think? No, it shouldn't. This is this is tame compared to how it was when we divorced. So. <laughs> all right well congratulations you're finally going to get that money okay oh thank you harvey doug when you have a situation like this and if it's an issue of whether it's a gift or a loan there is a presumption that it's a loan and you have to blow that presumption up and show it's a gift with very clear evidence marilyn how's your mom been doing during the pandemic and what do you, what have you been doing with her 
Uh, she's actually, she's done remarkably well. She just had her 96th birthday recently. Yeah, and a uh, we have been, everybody in my family's vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And um, she got vaccinated right away. She tolerated it very well. Uh, during the pandemic and before the vaccine, we would see my mother on the porch. Right. Yeah. Uh, every Masks, couple uh, of days in and, Miami and your mother, heat. In fairness, sir, she's 96 and she's pretty sharp mentally um, most of the time. But the question, why are you wearing masks again? Came, came up, up every face. What's that? What's that on your face? <laughs> mom, it's a mask. Why are you wearing why a mask? Wearing because right. there's a pandemic. Not in my house. There's not. Right. No, mom. But we don't want to give it to you because exactly. it's really bad if you're old and you get it. Right. That, who's old? old? Right. She would say that. There was, <laughs> it was who's on first, what's on second. We'd have this right. little thing right. all the time. And we, right. we set up our party tables from our house. Right. We set them up in my mother's backyard three tables, six feet apart. And that's how we would have lunch. We would, we would have lunch once a week that way. And then we would visit my mom on the porch and trying to keep our distance, trying to keep our distance. We, you know, try to make sure nobody else goes in the house and, but her but more recently since the vaccinations, et cetera, we're back to playing dominoes. We're back to playing dominoes, yeah. which is very important. She's a killer at dominoes. She is. It's humbling to get beaten by a 96 year old. That's right. She whoops you all the time. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says the impatient defendant sideswiped her car and he will not pay for the damage he caused. But the defendant says the woman is trying to shake him down. He never touched her car and the cops sided with him, so he's not paying. It's the case of sideswiping scoundrel. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Jackson, you're suing Mr. Allen for $1,200 in damages to your car, and you are counterclaiming against her $2,500, not to be outdone, for harassment. How did you two end up in a collision, Ms. Jackson? I um, had just got out of work. I came to do a pickup, and as I'm sitting there waiting for the individuals to come out, Mr. Allen is coming the opposite way, direct, I mean, toward Coming towards you, okay. Toward me. Are you yeah. parked or are you double parked or what are you? It's a narrow street and so... Are there I cars parked on both sides of the street or no? No, Okay, so there's side. one lane one way and one lane the other way and you are stopped? Yes. So how does the accident happen? I needed to back up to try to get out of his way to give him room. And because he's rushing, he hit the back end passenger side of my car. So this is where he hit your car? Yes. All right. You tell me, Mr. Allen, how does this happen? Yes. The, 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 The street is set up where on the right side of the street is parking. It's a two-lane street. One lane is for traffic traveling through. The other lane is for parking. Well, then which direction can the traffic travel through? What happens if two cars face each other? What do they do? On the opposite side of the park is where the people normally come headed west. So are you saying you were on a one-way street and she was facing the wrong way? It's pretty much, and it's not even... Not pretty much. It either is or it isn't. That's like a little bit pregnant. That doesn't exist. It's exactly... Okay, well, let me rephrase that. (laughs) It isn't a one-way... It isn't a one-way street technically by a sign. However, there's no parking signs on the left headed east, but there's parking on the right. 
So she pulls up like she's pulling out of the way. Now, grant you, she's more than two feet away from the curb. So it's a tight spot, like she says. But she's pulling up. So I see I got enough room to get by. So as I go to go by, I don't know if I'm scraping the curb because it's a narrow cut with my tire rims or if I scraped her car. Right. So, so you thought you had enough room car. to move, but then it turns out you didn't. Exactly. So I'm thinking I scraped the curb. So I pull over. I acknowledge her. She says I hit her car. I says, well, let me go turn, put my car in my yard. I'll come right back. We can assess the damage, see what it is. So it was in the evening. The street lamps were on and everything. And so I didn't really recognize any damage. And when I looked at my car, I had no damage. So now I'm like, hmm. So now when I come back from parking my other car in my back driveway, come back to the front, the first thing she says to me is, I see you got nice cars. Now it it raises a concern for me because now I'm like, well, what are you watching my vehicles for? And now I'm getting leery because it's like, did I really hit your car? So when she comes back on Wednesday, she calls the police now and and calls the police and tells the police that the tags on my red car belong on my black car. Now the police go in my driveway, look at my black car, look at my red car, and realize that there's no way possible that my black car done any of that damage. I don't Can have any Can you tell bits. me, Ms. Jackson, what color the car he was driving was? He hit my car with a red car, his Cadillac, is what now he she's hit my lying. car with. Now she's, now she's lying, and you could, and you could, and you could, you could subpoena the police officer who came out that night, and you could subpoena the police Do you officer have a police report? Do you have there a was no I police have, report? I keep thinking that I remember the red car. So That's you're not what sure what I he hit you with. All right. Re- okay. I so he's giving me a video he of got the black two cars. Whose car is this? He got two cars. Whose car is That's this? That's my car. Right. That's okay. my car. And this is the damage on the side swipe of your car. And then he gives me. Yeah. I sent you several different pictures. That's the front of the car. That light would have been busted if I'd have hit the front of her Except car. Except for that I front see. Of my car. What are those scratches I see underneath the light? There's no. That's not scratches, ma'am. Those are not scratches. I can see you a picture of that car right now. Those are not scratches. There's no scratches on my vehicle, ma'am. Even the police looked at it. Are these just reflections that look like scratches? Those are, re- those are, those are reflections, okay, man. How am you I going to know honest. what's a reflection you, and what's a scratch? I, I Did you, I you know, you immediately sister. told the lady that you would pay for her car. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll pay for it. Now, uh, why are you not only telling her that you're going to pay for it, but also days later sending her to a particular body repair man in order to get a better price for you to pay for it, Mr. Well, Allen? Once again, you're... Once again, Your Honor, like I stated, um, I was trying to rectify something if I'd done something wrong. Yeah, but um, don't you have what? the evidence? You're asking me to see. It's plain as day, Judge. There's no mark on my car. And you want that to be persuasive to me. But when you were there, it wasn't persuasive to you. You were sitting there saying, I'm sorry. And you were directing her days later to place. So why should I look at the pictures where I see scratches, but you see reflection? Why should I look at that and say he couldn't possibly have hit her car when you didn't feel that way that night? You heard the metal on metal, apologized, said you'd pay for it. See, you didn't call the police, did you, Ms. Jackson? No, I did not. Why not? Because he convinced 
because he said that he he's a man of his word. He was going to take hmm. care of it. Uh, yes. I, 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 um, I told her she could call the police, Your Honor. Okay, and according and to you, Mr. Allen, police, stop interrupting, please. Ms. Jackson, he, why didn't he, you call the police? He because he was nice and saying he'd pay for it? Because this is the reason I advise everyone all the time to be patient and wait for the police. Because how did that work out for you? Not so good, right? Not at all. No, look at you. Not at all. You're here. You had to sue. Right. Wouldn't it be better if there was a police report where he's telling the police, yes, it was my fault, I'll pay for it, and then he's kind of on the hook. So tell me about your claim for harassment. Why are you suing her for $2,500 for harassment? How how did Ms. Jackson harass you? Well, um, you know, I'm getting these phone calls and... um, I'm getting people coming to my house. She called the police. They came to my house three days after this event occurred. I only volunteered if I'd done something damage to your vehicle to rectify it. It was dark. I didn't even see any damage at that time. That night, three days later, she comes back with a bit dent in her car. How could I possibly put a dent in her car if we go inside by side? That's exactly and how, what do you mean part, a dent in her car? She has she a was, side swipe. She doesn't have a dent in her car. She, she has, has a side swipe. She has exactly yeah. what you have in this situation. When she came, when she came back, Yarn, and she had a dent in her vehicle. Okay, no. and the basis of your $2,500 harassment is that she called the police about an accident that you were refusing to pay for, right? Is there any no, other no, harassment? Uh, well, um, it, the harassment charges, really, I'm not even interested in. I just want to put a closure to this situation. I'm going to put a closure That's to all. it right now. If it was good enough for you, it's Thank good you. enough for me. As for your counterclaim against her for harassment, zero. As for her claim Thank against you. you for the repair, she did exactly everything that you asked her to do. The sound of a sideswipe is unmistakable for anyone who's okay. ever been in that situation, and unfortunately I have, okay? <laughs> metal on metal is unmistakable. You tell her that you're gonna pay for it, she doesn't call the police, then you tell her, oh no, that's too much, go to my, my guy. She goes to your guy, and your guy says 1200 and you still won't pay for it. This is the perfect and prime example of why I tell everyone, if you have a car accident and it is not your fault, call the police. Okay, there's no reason not to call the police because the tune changes later like this. You see, $1,200 verdict for the plaintiff. Mr. Allen, the defendant got very upset and uh, he has flown the coop. He left the courtroom. Uh, Ms. Jackson, I I guess you're kind of happy right now. You won the case. What do you think? Well, I think it's it's a blessing and... Things turned out like they should have. I just wish he was the man that he said he was from the beginning so that we didn't have to go through all of this. I hope you've learned to call the police if you have another incident like this, right? That's what the judge says you have to do. Most certainly. Most certainly. Good for you. All right. Harvey, what do you think? Doug, real quick, what you say at an accident scene can be used against you, so be careful. Aaron, what's the one movie you have watched the most? My Cousin Vinny. For sure? I can't stop. I can't. I laugh every time like it's the first time, especially the, the prison scene when he meets the friend. I, I love the courtroom scenes. They crack me and up. And the courtroom kill scenes. Me every in fact, step. I used to teach a course for new judges right. in, when I was a judge in Florida right. with our friend, uh, who's another judge, and, and he and I used to use scenes from that courtroom scene all the time right. to, right. to <laughs> spice things up in the classroom, you know? 
Uh, well, well, for me, there's three movies that I never can turn off if I find them on TV. I have to watch them from start to finish. Wait, wait, let me guess. Go ahead. Let me Miller's see. Crossing. Miller's Crossing, my favorite movie ever, a Coen Brothers film that was just amazing. Yeah. Uh, Dazed and Confused. Dazed and Confused because it's about Growing high school in the, yeah. in the 1970s. And yes, I graduated from high school at the late end of that decade. Right. And uh, <laughs> what, I don't know what the third one is. Chicken Run. Because <laughs> you and I watched that, watched with that a million times. times with the kids. <laughs> a million times. This is the plaintiff, Rochelle Gresham. She says she gave the defendant a deposit for an apartment he was renting, and the guy double-crossed her and refuses to allow her to move in. Now, he won't return the deposit, and she's here suing him in the name of justice for the $3,000 she's owed. This is the defendant, Larry Gaines. He says he discovered two prior evictions on the plaintiff's credit report, and he decided not to rent to her. He took the deposit to hold the apartment. He did, in fact, hold the apartment and won't issue a refund because he doesn't owe her one. He's accused of holding on tight. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says she gave the defendant a deposit for an apartment. The guy lied to her and said it was refundable. She changed her mind, decided not to move in, and now he won't return the money. But the defendant says the plaintiff didn't tell him about prior evictions. It's her fault she kept the information from him, and he's not returning a cent. It's the case of no money for you. Thank you, Douglas. All right. Uh, Ms. Gresham, you are suing Mr. Gaines for $3,000, $1,900 of it, a deposit that you gave him that you believe you should have returned and the rest of it for pain and suffering. Tell me what happened. Okay, so February of this year, the beginning, I um, received a notification for an apartment on Zillow for $1,100. Um, I called Mr. Gaines. He told me that it was a three-bedroom. I never seen how much. I thought it was a one-bedroom, so I never seen. It was um, a good deal. Right. Right. You were Basically, stunned. You so, thought it was a one bedroom because it was eleven $1 hundred, right. but it was three bedrooms. Right. So I asked him, was it a scam? He said, no. Um, you asked him what? You thought it was a scam? I, yeah. OK. I asked him. He said, he said, no, you know, everybody is going through a pandemic right now. So I'm trying to help everybody out. So I said, OK, cool. So later on that day, he asked me for my email address to send me the information so he could do the background check. Once I submitted that, he um, sent me pictures of the, um, of the apartment. He sent me videos and photos. So I said, okay, so we got everything handled. Once he seen that um, my girlfriend, Latreya, was on there, we- um, Wait, wait, said, talk oh, to me about me. that. You, your girlfriend's name is Latreya. Yes. She's not here. You're representing her, correct? Right. You have power of attorney to represent her. All right. So right. Uh, when you say once he sees, how did he see? How did he know who was going to be from, renting? From the background check. Once we did the background you have to, when, once you do the background, they ask you, are you having someone that's moved in with you? So oh, okay. I put her name So you down. told right. him that, what, that the people renting the apartment would be you and Latria? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, do you have a copy of that? No, it's actually. Do you have a copy of that, Mr. Gaines? Uh, I have it online, but I don't have it with me now. If you want me to pull it up, I can pull it up for you. Was it your understanding that both Ms. Gresham and Ms. Turner were going to be on the lease? Uh, yeah, according okay. to so Ms. Gresham, what happened? That's what she so what happened then? Uh, 
the the biggest issue where I was trying to come to the actual understanding of is that there were I couldn't tell whether it was a an eviction with Miss Turner. Um, when I when I had my assistant call the courts, they just said it was an eviction. And I went to Miss Turner and Miss Gresham. Miss Gresham wasn't even aware of anything with it, so I just didn't even hold it against them. Honestly, I just kind of just okay. But forward, you did honestly. because what you told Miss Gresham is that Miss Turner couldn't be on the lease, right? I, I, yeah, I didn't want her on the lease. I never said she couldn't move in because I just wasn't comfortable with what was going on. So I just said, could you please not put her on the lease? But I was just concerned with just identifying the one party who I've been dealing with, which was Miss Gresham. All right. So in any event, you do tell her that look, you're not comfortable with Latria Turner on the lease. And this is where things go south. Talk to me, Ms. Gresham. What happens? Okay. So once he says that he speaks to her personally on the phone and he he says he need more money. So I said, I'm not giving him no more money. Wait, what do you mean more money? Wait, no, be specific. He, what do you mean more money? He, he basically said that he she has two evictions and because of the two evictions that she can't be on the lease. So because of that, he's going to need more money. More money as what? I, yeah, I guess I guess going towards the deposit. OK, what was it? What is it that Ms. Gresham doesn't understand, Mr. Gaines? What was the discussion about more money, more money for a deposit? I just told us her security deposit might be bigger. That was it. Okay. And it wasn't an actual fact. It was just a might. That was all. All right. So then you, so go on, Ms. Gresham. So I was like, you know what? We're just going to handle whatever we need to handle. We're going to, I'm going to ask the guy for his, the money back because he said to us numerous times. And before we even met up, he said, if you want your money back, just let me know. He said, but just don't give me a week or two He's saying that you don't want the money back. Stop, and I said, okay, stop, no stop, stop. Let's look at what you signed. This is the deposit agreement. Anywhere here, does it say that you were, that the deposits were fundable on this document? No. All right. So you can't let somebody say something verbally and reassure you when that verbal thing isn't on the document. If it was refundable, you needed to have him make a note and say it's refundable in the next week or whatever it is that he's saying it is. Right. You see? All right. So, so we're operating from the premise that it is non-refundable. But even then, if you're the one who breaches, Mr. Gaines, by changing things, then it is refundable because you're the one who breached, not her. So her position is you get told by him that Ms. Turner can't be on the lease. And talk to me about that. That's a problem. Why? Because my thing is we, we, both, we both sat in a car. We both talked to him. We both signed the, um, the, the agreement. Now, so why should sudden, you be left holding the bag for rent for the next year instead of having a partner? Right. And, right. and, the, and we're both supposed to be living here. OK. So when he says she can't be on the lease, what do you say? I basically was like, OK, so, well, just we we're going to return the money. And he kept, he kept saying, well, I'll let my lawyers and advisors know to see what I can do as far as getting your money. But when we spoke, it was me, you and her when, it, when we exchanged the money. It wasn't me, you and advisors. <laughs> but then he started... <laughs> Okay. But then he started ignoring my text messages. All right, let's talk about that. I want to see those text messages right now. He asked, has Latria ever been evicted? You say no. Could you find out what happened, he tells you. And you say, well, if it's not looking good and you all decide to go up on the deposit, then we're not going to be able to do it. I know you said to give you a good amount of time if we decide not to take it. We do want the apartment, but if it's going to be a problem, then we might have to just decline and continue our search. And you respond, not a problem. So it sounds like you're going to give her back her money. And 
She says, okay, so 6.40 a.m., you say, good morning. We decided not to take the apartment. We're just going to fix everything that needs to be fixed. I guess you mean on the records and handle. Do appreciate you giving us a chance. Is there a good time to meet up and get the deposit back? And then at 8.02 a.m., he responds to you, good morning. Do you realize you're breaking your deposit agreement? (laughs) And she says, yes, you told us if we give you a good amount of time that we can just let you know. He says, yeah, but that's if you couldn't move in at a reasonable time frame or needed more time. Not if you just decided we're not going to move in at all after agreeing to move in. I was instructed to just ask you not to put Latria on the lease. And everyone was in agreement with you being okay with you moving in. So that's the first time you say, I want to remove Latria Turner from the agreement. Her answer is, okay, I thought it was an issue with the lawyers and your advisors. Wasn't a problem with us moving in. It was more so more money being added after we discussed 3800 He doesn't answer. At 9.24 p.m., hello. He doesn't answer. On March 1st, good morning. I'm just trying to see what's going on with everything. He doesn't answer. On March 3rd, why aren't you answering? Why'd you ghost her? I didn't ghost her. I was actually calling her, and I, I never... I don't think... I, maybe never there was a mix-up with the number. Um, I never was able to get in contact with her. I don't know why, because if you look down at your phone, you'll see all her texts, and all you got to do is press reply. That's pretty easy. Right. And then she says, it's crazy how you're really ignoring my messages. At least text me back and let me know what's going on, she says. And all I said was a try. I can't go on the lease. So here's what we got. We have you knowing that two people were going to be on the lease. We have you deciding that after looking at Miss Turner's litigation history, you didn't want her on the lease. And the question is, is that okay? And if I'm Miss Gresham, Why would that be okay with me? I want somebody else on the hook. I want somebody else to have skin in the game. Otherwise, Ms. Turner can just say, adios, sucker, and leave, and doesn't have to pay a penny. And then she's stuck with eight more months of a lease. Why should it be okay with Ms. Gresham that you changed the game? Who changed the game? Ms. Gresham, because she changed her mind and found something else? Or you, because you told her your roommate can't be on the lease? So when I spoke to Ms. Gresham in the car, she kind of made it clear that she didn't really want her on the lease. So that's why I never um, asked watch her this. from... Did you ever make it clear you didn't want her on the lease, Ms. Gresham? That's my girlfriend. Why wouldn't I want her on the lease? Okay. And I know that the application has both names. And you've uh, admitted that it was a change, because I can see in your text, and you've also admitted it in testimony, that the only thing you wanted to change was not having her on the lease. Well, that's a thing to change. You see? So I am going to order you to return her $1,900 because I find that you changed the rules and that allows her to get back her $1,900. Pain and suffering. Everybody always tax a pain and suffering. You're trying to make the case double what it is with adding on the pain and suffering and you make it the maximum from your state. Clever. But no, it's not a pain and suffering case. That's for injury. This is a contracts case. So nobody's paying me for my pain and suffering. So that's out. But the 1900 and your filing fee, of course, and filing this case, you do get back. That is my judgment. Good luck to you, folks. We've seen this before where somebody makes a deal with somebody else and then says, ah, the deal wasn't right for me, and they try to change it. You cannot change a deal on your own. Once you've made that deal, you need both parties' consent. It's called unilateral, and you can't do it. We'll see you next time.